This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Amen. Thank you. Amen. I have a few scriptures I want to read in your hearing today. Um, throughout this message, but the Lord has laid something on my heart. It's not a new message um, in that you probably have heard this message before, but I think it needs to be misstated. I have not preached this message, but you've heard perhaps the, um, the topic of this message here today. So if you want to stand with me, let's go to the book of Leviticus. Uh, Leviticus and then John chapter number 18. Let me ask, how many looked at your scriptures that I sent out on Wednesday, y'all look at those. Um, was that? Did you enjoy that study? And um, it's important how we come to the Lord. I heard a preacher say, "I would rather humble myself before God than be crushed by God." You will bow one day. Uh, you will one day. I'd rather surrender myself to the Lord, and um, yeah, and do that right now. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Leviticus chapter number 21. Um, bear with me today. I, 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 I'm getting out of the habit of typing up my own thoughts. Here's my notes today so everybody knows. I'm very extensive and exhaustive today. Um, of some notes. It's not, I'm just, here you go. It's one page and it's three scriptures. And actually, it's four or five, but we're going to get to some of the scriptures in just a moment. Leviticus chapter number 21, verse number 17 through 24. Everybody say, man, if you got it. If you don't got it, they should put it up on the screen here momentarily. Verse number 17. Speak unto Aaron, saying, Whosoever he be of thy seed in their generations that hath any blemish, let him not approach to offer the bread of his God. For whatsoever man he be that hath a blemish, he shall not approach. A blind man or a lame, or he that hath a flat nose. I had to look that up. Or anything superfluous, if I said that right. Or a man that is broken-footed or broken-handed. Or crook-backed, or a dwarf, or that hath a blemish in his eye, or be scurvy, or scabed, or hath his stones broken. No man that hath a blemish of the seed of Aaron, the priest, shall come nigh to offer the offerings of the Lord made by fire. He hath a blemish. He shall not come nigh to offer the bread of his God. He shall eat of the bread of his God, both of the most holy and of the holy. Only he shall not go in unto the veil, nor come nigh unto the altar, because he hath a blemish. He that profane not my sanctuaries, for I, the Lord, do sanctify them. There's that word again, sanctify them. And Moses told it unto Aaron and to his sons and to all the children of of Israel. Amen. Let's pray and ask the Lord to be upon this message here today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's pray right now. Lord, we need you, God. We need your presence here today. I thank you, God, for your power. I thank you, Lord, for your glory. I thank you, Lord, for your understanding, your wisdom, and your mind. Help us, Lord, to have the mind of you here today. Let us be ready to receive, ready to hear, and ready to put on and to do your word here today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you in the name of the Lord. The Old Testament tabernacle, the Old Testament temple, was a place that only a select few could go into. There's a select few that could make it, get into the, uh, you had to be a priest. You had to be 
uh, in the family of, of priests. But even if you were in that family, there were certain things that you, if you had, you could not walk in to the holy place. And the things that I had listed in Leviticus 21, the law states that if you had any of these infirmities, you could not enter in into the temple. You could not enter into that holy place. You could not be a part of those things. And we find that this is a very, uh, you could almost say, well, that's kind of rough. That's, that's a pretty rough because if you, uh, the Bible teaches about, uh, it says a flat nose. What that means is if you had a split nose or even a hair lip or anything it, with, with your nose or your face, you could not enter in. If you had a broken bones, if you had uh, uh, a, a crooked back, if you were short in stature, if you, uh, there was a lot of things that you could, if you had any of those things, you could not be a part of the priesthood. You could not walk in to, now they could receive bread, but they could not serve bread in the holy place. They could, uh, uh, they, could, they could make an offering, but they could not do that in the holy place. So we find that if you're a broken footed, a broken hand, a crooked back, a dwarf, uh, had a blemish in his eye, or if you had a bad spirit, you couldn't go in either. Let's just say that. If you had a bad spirit, you couldn't go in. If you were, uh, had any kind of blemish that you could not walk in to that holy place. It was a place of a priest, a place that was set aside for specific offerings. It was a place that was set aside for those that had without blemish. We go to Second uh, Samuel, if you will, Second Samuel chapter number 5. David also talks about this. It's not only found in the book of Leviticus. Uh, it's also found in Second Samuel chapter number 5. Verse number 8, and David said on that day, Whosoever getteth up to the gutter and smiteth the Jebusites, and the lame and the blind that are hated of David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. Wherefore, they said, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. You, if you were, uh, had an affliction, if you had an infirmity, you could not make it in to that place, that holy place. If you know your Bible, you probably know kind of where I'm going here today. Let's go to Isaiah, if you will. Isaiah chapter number uh, 35. Something began to happen prophetically. Something began to, in its place in many scriptures, but I'm going to bring out Isaiah chapter number 35. This is kind of like a Bible study, but we're going to get somewhere here today. Amen. Isaiah chapter number 35, verse number one. Now, if you ever read the book of Isaiah, what's the theme of Isaiah? Anybody know what's the theme of Isaiah? All right. Maybe you didn't have a Bible study on Isaiah. Amen. He's talking about the Lord. He's talking about the coming of the Lord. He's talking about Jesus Christ. So in verse number 35, chapter number 35, the Bible says in verse number 1, the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. And it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. <laughs> Let me say that again. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of the fearful heart, be strong and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vigilance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. In verse number 5, here it is. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. And the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Talking about the coming of the Lord. Then shall the lame, here we go, the blind and the lame, the lame shall man leap as an heart. And the tongue of the dumb will sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool. And the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be a grass with reeds and brushes. And a highway shall be there. And a way 
and it shall be called the way of holiness. And the unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. The, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. The Bible says there's going to come a time when the lame shall be healed and when the deaf will begin to speak and the ears will be unstopped. The place, it is a way of holiness. Why did Jesus heal? It was a way unto holiness. It was a way not only to show the revelation, but it was a way to, for them to see the holiness and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. It takes us to John chapter number 18. Now, I did a little bit of study here today, or you know, the last few days, and in John chapter number 18, and I had many of you read the story, knowing that I would be speaking on this a little bit here even today. In John chapter number 18, we, we, we look at this story. It's very, very interesting because it talks about a man named Malchus. Amen. How many of you remember reading that a little bit? About a man named Malchus. And I had you compare, if you will, where it says in chapter number, well, chapter number 18, verse number 4 and 5. It says, Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come unto him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? And they answered, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said unto them, I am. Somebody say, I am. Now, how many has the word he in your Bible? But that is italicized, right, in your Bible? That means that was not in the original writings of the King James. What they did is add that for clarification purposes. It says, I am he. But really what it's saying, it says, I am the I am whom you're looking for. He was establishing the God of the Old Testament is now the visible God of the New Testament. It was God robed in flesh. He said, I am God of the Old Testament, and I am the God of this time. I am he, and Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with him. As soon as he had said unto them, I am, they went backward, and they fell on the ground. When you get a revelation of who he is, something's going to change. Your walk is about to change. Mm -hmm. Then asked he them again, whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth and Jesus answered I have told you that I am he if therefore ye seek me let these go their way that the saying might be fulfilled which he spake of them which thou gavest me have I lost none and then Peter who was a hothead somebody that had uh, a lot of zeal and he he was wanted to be a defender of Jesus in that moment and the Simon Peter having a sword drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Now, if you do a little bit of study, the Bible talks about in Matthew, Mark, and Luke the same story. But none of those other books named Peter. John was written many years after, after the other uh, writings. And the reason why, if doing a little bit of study and a little bit of Jewish history, there's a reason why the other uh, writers did not put Peter's name in there. It's because they were looking out for Peter's life. But John wrote it later on, after all those people had passed away, then, then John wrote, it was Peter that cut off that servant's ear. So you, you find it, so it's interesting. Now, now, the Bible doesn't give the miracle that happened to Malchus. Malchus had his ear cut off. Everybody hold your ear. Would you like to have both of them? Or would you like to have one today? We are not going to be cutting his ear off today. But uh, we're thankful for that. And we don't cut people's ear off around here. Um, but we find that Peter got full of, uh, uh, of, 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 wanted to defend. He was not a soldier. The Peter was a fisherman. But he had a sword, and he had, a, had, a, had, a, had a, probably a, a smaller sword. It wasn't this long thing. It was, it was a, probably a fisher sword, something that he was able to cut nets with. It was, a, it was a utility sword, if you will, and had many purposes. So he swung at it and struck Malchus and cut his ear off. John does not talk about the miracle. The other, other books of the Bible talk about the miracle that happened that Jesus did what? He put, picked up that ear and put it right back on his head. Hmm. I begin to think and I begin to pray. And I begin to think about who Peter was and who Malchus was. You see, Malchus was a servant to the chief priests. He was a servant in the temple. 
And the only way that he could serve in the temple, Sister Cheryl, is he couldn't have any blemishes. He was a man that he couldn't have an ear cut off and serve in the temple. He was a man that had everything. He didn't have any blemishes in his eyes. He, he had a straight back. He, he didn't have a split nose. He didn't have any crooked places. He was not a dwarf. He, he, he qualified for ministry in the temple. But when Peter took that sword and cut his ear off, it disqualified him to serve in the temple. Here's kind of really what I want to get at today is that Peter represented the church. He represented a disciple, a follower of Christ. And what I have found through ministry over the last several years is I've seen people be wounded by the church. Therefore, you feel disqualified for the service in the kingdom of God. Hmm. Let me tell you today, there's something that needs to happen. You need to allow the Lord to pick up that wound and begin not only to heal you physically, but to heal you spiritually so you can feel like you're back a part of the kingdom of God. You say, Pastor, I could never serve like I served before. No, you won't because you'll have a testimony of where the Lord has brought you from to where you are today. I'm thankful that I have wounds. People may come up against me. People may be attack me, but thanks be unto God that he is faithful and he is just to heal my every wound. I can look across this congregation and each one of us have been wounded by a Peter. You've been wounded by a pastor. You have been wounded by somebody that's in your family that's been sitting on a pew. People have said things. People have attacked you. And it's a cause you to walk away from God. But I want to allow the Holy Ghost to pick up the thing that was cut off in your life and begin to heal two wounds, the physical but yet the spiritual. I can think about Malchus when his ear was cut off. Yeah, it was hurting. No doubt there was blood. No doubt it was a spectacle. No doubt people were wondering what in the world's going on, but in the heart of Malchus, He knew the law. He knew the law of Leviticus. And I know that in his spirit, there was a suddenness that come upon him that simply says, I can no longer serve in the priest. I can no longer serve in the court. So what Jesus did, he reached down with his hand of holiness. He reached down with his hand of healing and says, young man, you're going to still serve in my kingdom because you're in the presence of a God. You're in the presence of the I am and you're in the presence of one who can heal and restore. I said he is in the, God's in the business of not only healing but restoring find in the book of Matthew we find in Matthew chapter number 12 there was a sin going on on the Sabbath day sin of men, we're talking about the sin of men on the Sabbath and let's kind of set the, set the table here said, at that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day verse number 1, through the, through the corn and the disciples were, uh, were hungered and, and began to pluck the ears of the corn and the wheat but when the Pharisees saw it they said unto him behold Thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. And he said unto them, Have ye not read that David did when he was at hunger and they that were with him? How he entered into the house of God and did not eat of the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priest. Or have you not read, have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Everybody say blameless. But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. That hit me like a ton of bricks. He says, there is, I'm greater than the temple. I know what the law says, but I've come not only to, I didn't come to condemn the law, I come to fulfill the law. And this fulfillment of the law is greater than what was established in the temple. The temple is, is a set aside for many things, but I am greater than the temple. I am the revelation that brought the temple to be. Verse number 7, but if ye had known that this, what this meaneth, 
I will have mercy and not, and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even under the Sabbath day. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep? And if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than sheep? Wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then saith he to the man stretched forth thine hand and he stretched it forth and it was restored whole like as unto the others and the Pharisees went out and they held a council against them they held a council against the Lord how they might destroy him they begin to see that he is doing things that are unlawful but he is greater than the temple his name is greater than any situation his great name is greater than any place his name is greater than any 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 affliction any affirmity any heartache any pain God will restore and heal at any time hmm. Jesus began to make it known that they if you find in scripture they were out to kill him they were out to destroy him. That's why when in John chapter number 18, when they begin to come to the Lord, we're looking for Jesus. Why are you looking for Jesus? Because you're doing things that the law says that we shouldn't do. They begin, but they didn't realize that that same Jesus was the I am of the Old Testament. And how they begin to approach him mattered. How they begin to look to him mattered. And we find that Peter, who had that sword, who cut off Malchus's ear, was a fulfillment of his future. It became a fulfillment of his future. There are people in this room that you may have been the one who cut off the ear of somebody. You have belittled somebody. You have you have, you said that they are not good enough. That they they don't qualify. They don't they they, they 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 may not mount to anything in your mind. But Jesus says the builders may have rejected you, but I I I'm the builder that's greater than all these things, and I'm going to receive you unto myself. Let's go to the book of book of Acts here today. Jesus went to the cross, and he rose again on the third day. And then Peter's tone began to change. Peter was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And once Peter was the afflictor, once Peter was the one that, that was given the affliction, that was a defender of, of Jesus, and he was a defender trying to make his place known. But he got something within his spirit. Something changed in Peter's attitude. Something changed in Pe Peter's mind that allowed him to approach these things a little bit differently. And the Bible says in Acts chapter number 3, now Peter and John went together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being about the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they had laid daily at the gate of the temple. Everybody say, at the gate. Why did they put him at the gate and not take him all the way in? <laughs> Because he was lame. The beggars were at the gate of the temple. The people that had infirmities were at the gate of the temple. Let me tell you, there's no greater place to be than at the house of God when you have an infirmity. When you have weakness. They were at the gate. They were at a place of opportunity. They were at a place of, the, of, 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 of a meeting so to speak, in verse number 3, who's seeing Peter? This man, uh, he was at the, at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. He couldn't get them in the temple, and he was not able to greet them while he was in the temple, but he wanted to be at the gate to, to receive alms of them that entered into the temple. Who's seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms. And Peter did something different. And he said, fasten his eyes upon him with John and said, look on us. And he gave heed unto him, expecting to receive something of him. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ. I've seen Jesus heal the, the broken that allowed this Malchus to get back into the temple. I'm taking what I learned from the principle of Malchus. And in the name that put that ear back on, I'm going to pronounce else in the name of Jesus you too can be healed and get back into the temple and find he says look on us 
Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I to thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And where did the man immediately go? He went to a place he's never been before. He went to a place he couldn't qualify for. He went to a place that he was never able to, 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 to be a part of. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. But guess what? He took it a step further. He went walking and leaping and praising God. It may You may be hurt today from past experiences, but I'm here to tell you God wants to heal you and restore you so you can walk Worship him in spirit and in truth and in power and in might. In the name of Jesus. Isaiah said a lame man will leap. Isaiah 35 says the blind will see. I think many of us are standing at the gate waiting to be qualified. To enter in to the presence of God. Let me just say this. None of us are really qualified. I, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I said I'm a sinner saved by grace. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? Some of us have lived our life and says, I am in a place I never thought I would be. And I've walked away from God and I find myself in a place I never thought I would ever be. I never thought I would worship the idols of this world. I never thought that I would worship the things. And then now I am broken because of my circumstances of living in this world. But God wants to reach down with his name and restore you back to completeness. He wants to restore you back to health. He wants to restore you back to spiritual uh, wealth in him. It's interesting that many of us, when God heals us, we do not want scars. I don't want uh, to show what I've gone through. But I find it interesting that Jesus, when he went to that cross, and he died on that cross, and they put the nails in his hands and his feet, the first thing, one of the first things to prove that he was God, he showed them. I am not ashamed of my scars. I just want to prove to you that Jesus is still God. About half of you got that right there. I'm not ashamed of where I was. I thank God for, for where he's brought me from. I thank God. Here are my wounds. Here are my scars. I will not be ashamed because it's proof that I have been with Jesus. We put a nice tie and suit on to cover up the scars and the things of life. But we need to have the spirit like Jesus says, I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of where the Lord has brought me from. Because such were some of you. You too were sinners saved by the mercy and the grace of God. My God. We get too professional Pentecost around here sometimes. We, we, get, we get feel like that, man, if I can just prove to everybody how spiritual I am. You've done fall flat on your face if you're out to prove how spiritual you are. I need an altar of repentance just like everybody else in this room. I need a moment with the Savior every day to just say, Lord, oh, wretched man that I am. Peter, or was it Paul that says, I'm the chief sinner above everybody. I'm not bragging on my sin. I'm worshiping and thanking God for where he's brought me from. So I wonder, and this is some conjecture, but I wonder if Jesus left his scars on his body. I wonder if Malchus could touch his ear every once in a while and begin to thank the Lord. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Every time he would wash his face, every time he would go down and into a mirror, he would see the miraculous hand of God, of restoration in his life. 
Do not be ashamed of where the Lord brought you from. Do not be ashamed of the miracle working power of the Lord Jesus Christ. But stand and leap and shout and be thankful for where he has brought you from. Thank you, Jesus. I thank the Lord for my scars because they have healed but now I have a testimony that he has brought me out of darkness into this marvelous light I thank Jesus that he's put me upon a rock to stay I thank the Lord for giving me the word that will satisfy that will build me up and give me confidence in his name you know what I think displeases God is when we hide our wounds and our scars that he has healed The Lord is not pleased with pride. I said the Lord is not pleased with pride. And when I begin to cover my scars, and I begin to cover my weaknesses, and I begin to cover that I got it all worked out, that's nothing but the spirit of the Antichrist to get you to think that you got it all worked out. But you don't have it worked out, but Jesus has it worked out. And I'm thankful that he has seen fit to heal me and to restore me. And there are reminders in my life. Paul had an infirmity. I wonder if that was a reminder. A reminder, a scar, a wound, a reminder of how powerful Jesus is, how wonderful God is. God, let me never forget what you've done for me. Let me never forget how you set me free. Let me never forget and always remind me how thankful I should be that you died on Calvary's cross for me. Tell me, God, about the time you stop being thankful is about the time you're backsliding. About the time you, you, got, you think all things worked out and your finances are worked out and your jobs figured out and you got your family all in order is about the time you will start letting down certain things. But oh, I got to be reminded every day, all it takes is one decision to go back to the muck and the mire of this world. So I got to be careful today to be thankful for where he has brought me from so I can stand on his word forever. I wonder why some can't leap and shout and worship in the temple. It's because we've become professional. I, I'm, I'm a priest. I am perfect in all ways. God is not looking for perfect people. Uh, he's not looking for perfect people. I said he's not looking for perfect people. You need to look at your heart and look at your spirit today and say, I am not perfect, but I am made perfect by Jesus Christ. Through him. Hear me today. Through him. Uh, I ain't worried about your bank account. I ain't worried about what kind of car you drive. I don't care what name brand you have on your clothes. All that stuff's going to burn when we get to heaven anyway. I don't care how much you give. It does not matter if you give $1,000 a week or $1 a week as long as it's done unto the word of God. And God will bless a dollar just like he does $1,000. Because the Bible teaches that his principles are right and true. And I, it does not matter uh, what you give. It does not matter. I had a guy I, I was, t I was uh, witnessing to in Kentucky, and he started bragging about all the plaques he got for all the giving he gave to that church. He said, he said Tim, you'd be proud of me. And I'm thinking, okay, here we go, Mr. Arrogant. He said, you'd be proud of me. He said, I gave over $50,000 to the church last year. And they brought me on the platform, and they gave me all this stuff. And now I'm dating the pastor's daughter. You better be careful. Huh? I'm, no, I'm, I'm not going to be a judge here, but I, I will measure you by the word of God. And, and I looked at him. I said, is God pleased with that? Well, you don't understand. No, I guess I don't. The same guy that would brag how much he gives to the church was the same guy that would haggle me and haggle me and haggle me and not want to pay his bill. He wasn't a giver. He had pride in his heart. 
He wasn't a giver. He wanted the, 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 the claim. You know what we should praise around here? Kids learning the Bible. That's what we should praise around here. We, we, we should praise and lift one another up in the Word of God and in the things of God. It's not about a job. It's not about a job description. It's not about a title. It's not about who's arrived and not arrived. All I want to know is have you arrived to the throne of grace? Have you arrived to the gate of restoration? Many people come to elders and ministers and they'll say, you, I have a need. I, I, I need this or that. And I'm going to say, you know what? I don't have that to give you. But what I do have is in this word here, if Jesus says he's a healer. Jesus says he is a friend. Jesus says he is love. Jesus says he is joy. Jesus said he is peace. Nobody wants to hear that, though. Nobody wants to hear that. And about a time I start telling people, you need to turn to Jesus, then they stop coming to me because that's not what they want to hear. But Jesus is what we want to hear. I said, Jesus is what we want. You come to me and I say, you need to get in the Word of God. Well, nobody wants to do that anymore. Nobody wants to get in the study of the Word of God. Nobody. And I, I, I say this, I kind of, you know what I'm talking about. There are people that want to get into the Word of God. There are people that want to be drawn to the Word of God. But people in this world are not drawn to the Word of God because it's not a quick fix. It's not a social media blitz. It's not a, a selfie stick. It's not a, it's not a Facebook post. But here today, Jesus' name is still alive and still well and still in the business of restoring and healing. So people stop leaping and jumping and walking and praising God in the temple. It's because they have lost sight of their scars. Lost sight. They begin to cover up the things they once come from. Can I, I, let me say this here today. There are, this church is made up of a lot of people. And I'm not going to look at anybody, but I, there's a lot of people in this room that have been hurt by churches. Hurt by pastors. Hurt by men of God. Hurt by situations, whether your church either closed down or the, the, the pastor offended you or the pastor uh, and you felt like you needed to walk out and, and you felt like you needed to go another direction. And what happens usually, and I'm not playing fault with anybody, maybe your situation's different and everything is, and I'm not talking about that, but what happens is we allow hurt to define us, not healing. I said we allow hurt to define us, not healing. I don't allow my situations. I, can, I, I, I want to say this here today. My, my son is going through some back problems. Many, of you, many people don't know this. My son's going through some back problems. He, has a, he had an MRI and an X-ray. He's got a lot of pain that comes and goes in his back, and he did an X-ray. And they found that Pops, perhaps he's got a hereditary thing that my wife had, which is a, 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 a fractured, uh, or it looked like a fractured uh, lower vertebrae in his back. But I, I looked at my son, and, and I could have boo-hooed and cried in that, in that x-ray, but I looked at him and I said, son, it's going to be okay. we got to meet the doctor for the MRI next week, and guess what? I'm going to walk in that doctor's office with him and say, son, it's going to be okay. Why? Because I don't know what the doctor says, but I know what the good doctor is going to say, and everything is going to be all right. You see, I... I'm not immune to having problems, Sister Cheryl, but I know who helps me through those problems. I, I know to who to go to when I, when I have a thing that comes up that potentially could scar my life, could define my life. But I'm going to let the thing that is coming up be a, a victorious testimony of the things and the miraculous things of God. So in the name of Jesus, he is healed in the name of Jesus. My wife was in a back brace for a year and a half in high school. From top of her, or the bottom of her spine, to all almost up to her neck. She was running hurdles and track in school, and they noticed this fracture. They said, you can't do that anymore. And she, she was wanting to try, she would play softball, all these things. And, and they said, no, you can't do that anymore. you got to go in a back brace. And So what I'm just kind of... Having to talk with the Lord, and as I rebuke that 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 uh, that spirit of generational curse of affliction in His body, 
It's not going to go any further than this right here. I, I declare the things of God upon his life. I have set my kids apart for the kingdom of God. And there's no physical ailment. There's no spiritual attack that will come against them to define them. But I'm going to define them by the power and the authority and the miraculous of Jesus Christ. <laughs> this world doesn't define Tim Bryan. I said this world does not define me. I can hear you right now. The world does not define me. It's the word of God that I want to define me. I'm a child. I thank God for what Brother Mike said here today. He said, ah, it's the word of God. Let it cleanse me. Let it, let, it, let it restore me. Let it keep me. I don't care what people will say. I don't care what people think of me. I want to be looked at as a radical name, a radical person for Jesus Christ. You know the greatest testimony that you can give somebody? is when you are going through the darkest place in your life, but you can still leap and praise and walk in the temple of the Most High God and say, I once was broken. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I used to be blind, but now I see. I used to be lame, but now I can praise. I used to be in a, in a dark place in this world, but I have joy. I used to have depression, but now I have peace. I used to be oppressed, but now I have a name that has healed me look at my scars look at my scars uh, you're looking at a man that used to carry around anger I used to be mad so why was he mad I don't know why I was mad but that's what the devil does to us it was like I don't know why I'm upset I just am but somehow, some along the way, I went to the house of God. And I began to thank God and begin to worship the Lord. And God began to heal me and to restore me. Let me tell you, I am not going to cover up what I used to be. Because some of you have got anger problems too. And let me be and show you my scars. That now I have joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. I used to carry grudges. I used to carry crutches, but God took that and healed me, and now I can be a testimony if I used to have a grudge. I used to carry this. I have a scar from that to remind me of where the Lord has brought me from. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you, Sister Shanika. It's freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. It was freedom that took that lame man who once did not have freedom, but now he had freedom to walk in the presence of God, leaping, praising, worshiping the Lord. Peter went from a man that had anger problem, let's just put it real. It takes a, an anger person with anger problem to cut off somebody's ear. If he didn't have an anger problem, he probably just went up and hey, hey, buddy, you need to chill out. Sister Bonnie, you just need to chill out. But Peter had an anger problem. He drew his sword and cut the man's ear off. If you have anger towards your brother or your sister and you feel like you want to cut their ears off, you need to go to an altar of repentance and say, God, forgive me. Yeah, something happened to Peter, and we all know what it is, that time that, that Jesus was taken away. I mean, here's what happens. God for this. <laughs> There's times I study during the week and I realize why I study it. When it comes to this moment right here, what happened to Peter? He allowed his anger problem to become an isolation problem. His anger and defense of Jesus and his attack on Malchus caused him to isolate himself. You look at that in the rest of the scripture. What did he do? He got away from the crowd. He isolated himself. That's what the devil wants you to do, is to get you to a place that nobody loves me, nobody cares for me. I've done this, I've done And all of a sudden, you will isolate yourself. Isolation is a choice. Hear me today. Isolation is a choice. Loneliness is a feeling. 
that can be healed. But isolation is a choice. We do not need to isolate ourselves and say, oh, woe is me. We're not 15 years of age. I'm not dealing with my kids of 13 and 14 when they go to the bedroom and slam the door and they isolate themselves. I walk in that room and say, no, 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 we don't do that around here. Come out of that room. We're going to talk about this issue. Why? Because there's no room in the kingdom of God for people to isolate. We want to be a part of the kingdom. God, restore me back to the family. Restore me back to what is right in your sight. And Peter, he went from anger to isolation to all out completely denying Christ. Anger will take you down a road you're not prepared for. Cut off his ear. Isolated himself and denied Christ. But then something happened to Peter that can happen to you. He went to the he went to the upper room. He made himself available to the healing power of Jesus Christ. Peter got in that upper room, was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then something changed in his life. The Holy Ghost changes your life. Let me say that again. The Holy Ghost changes your life. Let me say that over here. I said the Holy Ghost changes your life. The Peter who had anger, who isolated himself and denied Christ, stood upon the rock and began to preach in Acts chapter number 2 and told people to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. How can a man that can go from anger to isolation to condemning the Lord get to the place? It is by the power of the Holy Ghost. It's by the power of the name of Jesus Christ. He went to a place from a place of martyrdom, if you will, just completely just blaming everybody and, and embarrassed about everything to a man that was bold and power and strength. And he preached that message. And then we find himself at the gate beautiful. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus who healed Malchus and allowed him in the temple. I'm going to pray for you. God's going to restore you. In the name of Jesus. And you're going to go with me. I like how they went together. Hear me today. They went together into the temple. <laughs> when you're restored, you want to bind together with people. And worship the Lord and thank God. Let's stand together right now. I believe the Lord wants to restore somebody in the name of Jesus. You may not have a physical problem, but there is an emotional scar, emotional situation that you're going through. Maybe it's one of the things that we talked about. Maybe you're you are you are uh, you, you, you have a uh, you're carrying a grudge. Maybe you got anger in your life. Maybe you got uh, a strife in your life. You don't want to forgive. The Bible tells us if you can't forgive your brother whom you have seen, how can you forgive? This is, we're going, to deal with, we're going to deal with some issues this year. i got some things planned. We're going to deal with the spirit of unforgiveness. That is a spirit that will keep you out of heaven. If you can't forgive, you can't make it to heaven. Let me say that again. If you cannot forgive, you can't make it to heaven. I've got a feeling that would disqualify a lot of people. Yeah, well, it would disqualify a lot of people. But we're going to be requalified today. And we're going to be restored to the kingdom of God. And be restored by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what I want to do right now. And I'm going to, here's what we're going to do. I want you, if you need an area of your life to be restored to the kingdom, I want you to come down, walk with boldness. Now here, you're not on the side of victory yet, so you're going to be a little hesitant. You're going to be like, Peter, want to isolate yourself. You want to say, I don't want to go up to the altar. I don't want to do this. But here's the thing. When you get on the other side of victory, things change. Hear me right now. We have a testimony in the room today. I'm not going to call him up here, but you can go. You, it, it, Robert, I'm going to come up here, buddy. I, I'm not, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to say anything. Come up here. We're not ashamed of our scars, brother. I said we're not ashamed of our scars. I have victory in the name of Jesus Christ. He's going to hide behind me like his kids did. The Lord did a great work Sunday. He did a great work. And uh, 
Brother Robert has been carrying, there's no reason, we don't need to get into the details, but he was carrying some things. We needed God to heal. But he, he told me, uh, I don't know if this was Thursday night or maybe it was Sunday afternoon or something. He says, I just wish I would have acted sooner. I wish I went to the altar sooner. But what the devil says, don't go to the altar. He puts shame and guilt and it, it keeps you. Your legs feel like they're in mud and concrete and you can't get to a place. But some people, just like the lame man, he had friends that carried him. You may not be able to walk on your own, but you may have a friend may have a friend that says, I'm going to take you with me to the altar. And we're going to carry some things together. And we're going to do the work of God together. And we're going to worship God. We're going to leap before the Lord. We're going to thank God for all the things that he has done. And he's going to be able to give a testimony one day that how God has brought him out of something and put him where he needed to be. This is not bringing, if you feel like you're sitting back wondering, I wonder what it was. Boy, I saw that coming. He really needed an altar. You need to check your attitude. Bible says, let me just say what the Bible does not say. It does not say all heaven condemns those who come to an altar. Bible says they all rejoice when one comes. There's this. I told him, I said, I, I carried some of the same things you carried. I have, I have a wound and scar from the things that he was carrying. Because that, that used to be me. What was it? Unforgiveness and grudges. Same thing. Anger, forgiveness, holding grudges. He said he isolated himself. He isolated himself. Got angry. I don't know why I'm angry. But he walked in here on Thursday night for, um, they were here for praise team practice. I said, man, you're walking different. I said, you're smiling different. He says, you know, I feel a lot lighter. I feel a whole lot better. And he says, I've been praying every day, Pastor. I've been reading my Bible every day. He said, I got up one morning and forgot to read my Bible and I prayed. He said, I went to work and prayed there. Why? Because Jesus, I said Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there is no other. Jesus is the way. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.